Welcome to About the Winelands. In this show, we will be chatting to influencers and leaders in the wine industry, winemakers, restaurants, and other businesses. Tune in every Wednesday and Friday for our latest episodes. You will find us on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Make sure you never miss our chat here on About the Winelands. Find the sign-up link in the description. Now, let's get on with the show. I'm talking to Patrick Robertson from um, the Fishwives Club, which is a very interesting uh, concept. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning. Hi, Will. Thanks for, uh, for getting me on. It's our pleasure. I mean, I'd love to hear um, your story. Can you tell us a bit more about um, yourself and um, how you became involved with the wine industry? Well, you know, it's a long story. I, besides the fact that I really enjoyed drinking wine, I knew very little about it. And um, for, for about 30 years, um, I've been involved in advertising and marketing. And my, my job <clears throat> over those 30 years was to launch brands, create brands, work on brands that are already existing. So I've worked around the world in London. I've, I've worked on, uh, and I've worked on Joburg and Cape Town, and been lucky enough to work for some of the best agencies. And then I started up uh, my own agency, and then I eventually decided I could really, I really need to get out of this business. Um, it wasn't really resonating with me anymore, and um, I also didn't want to be part of the whole um, propaganda machine in that respect. Um, and um, if you read my story, it's a very long story on the website. Um, it's not that long. It's about a half a glass of wine's worth, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, depending if it's red or white. Um, and uh, it'll tell you what happened in my life that suddenly I um, had to change careers sooner than I expected. Um, and uh, my, my whole life basically came crumbling down in 2012. So my world pretty much ended in 2012. Um, and I was having to recover from, you know, you know, you build something in life and, and then uh, it takes a very long time to build and you can lose it in 24 hours. And um, I, I just decided, well, what am I going to do now? Because I've got no money, uh, no place to stay, no, no anything. What am I going to do? And I don't want to do this career anymore. And um, you'll see it in the story, but uh, it's on the website uh, that uh, I, I happened to go to a friend's old cantina. It's a, called Dee's Mexican Bistro. It's, a very, very, it's probably one of the smallest restaurants you've ever been in in Hart Bay. And it was a stormy night and it was winter and, and I came across, uh, there was a, uh, two girls sitting there and there was, we were the only people, and I was by the fire and it was, we were the only people there. And we looked like we were all drowning our sorrows for whatever reason. And um, they had found out that I was a recovering creative director. <laughs> and um, they came over and, because uh, my, my friend who owned the cantina, Dion, Dion Skuen, he said, oh, Patrick, he's also, he's in advertising, he's a creative director, you know, maybe he can help you guys, you girls, you know. So they came over and they showed me their portfolio on their, on their little laptop, their little iPad that they had. And um, it was really bizarre because I thought, geez, these, these girls have talent. They were two young sisters and they were designers. And uh, they had a real talent. And um, th they were asking me, like, how can they improve their their business because they just not seem to be getting the work that they wanted. Mm. 
and um, we came across I came across a, a mock-up what we call it a mock-up of a, of, a, of a wine bottle with this hastily put together lady on a fish and I said sure is that real and they said no it's just something we played with and and I said wow I'm so in, moved by this image. It's just such a strong, in all my years of being in advertising, the icon was, had so much magic and it had a much deeper magic than I initially thought. I just knew I was like, wow, this, this logo really hit me between the eyes. Yeah. And I was sort of, I, I asked them, listen, to you, can I ask you, I don't have any money. In fact, I don't even think I can even pay for this glass of wine that I'm drinking. Um, would you take this out of your portfolio and not show it to anybody and, and, and will you let me buy it, buy the, uh, the, the, the design from you? I'll need to work on it and take it a bit further. But I think I'm, I have, I think I'm meant to have seen this design for some reason. And I didn't have any money. They said, sure, we'll take it out. And I said, I'll buy it from you proper lock, stock and barrel. And um, several months later, about six, five months later, um, I eventually bought the, the, the picture from, from them and started commissioning them and my ex, ex-girlfriend, who was a fine, who's a fine artist, she just did the ladies and the, the, other, the sisters did the fish and the typography. And then I commissioned them to do each label, but we started just with one. I started with a Sauvignon Blanc and that's all I started with. And I'll, I'll just paraphrase the whole web story for you quickly, otherwise it'll take too long. But I went to like so many wineries. I spoke to winemakers. You can you can talk, sorry. Okay, and I went to so many winemakers, and um, I was with a with my housemate, and we had decided to start this together. But eventually, it was too much. He didn't want to do all the deliveries, so he just jumped out of the bucky and never came back. Um, <laughs> because it's hard work when you deliver every single bottle yourself to the buyers, you know, to to restaurant owners and stuff like that. So. It was lots of hard work and I had no, everything I made, any little bit of money I made, I had to put back into the, you know, printing more labels and I was paying a premium because I was only buying small amounts because I didn't have money to buy large amounts and get the deal, you know. So mm. I was paying premium for everything. And so basically what happened was I went to every winery and they just were like, yeah, you know, you need a lot of money and, you know, do you have a wine farm? I said, no, I want you to make the wines for me. You guys are the experts. I just want to buy it from you. I want you to make it. But I want you to make a wine for women, for a woman's palate, for a woman's unique sense of style and taste. Oh. And they said, no, man, you know, look, you can buy some of our stock, you know. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I'm... At the end of the day, I need to build this brand. I want someone to do it for, with me and, and help me with this. But I don't have any money. And then when they didn't hear that, then they, then they didn't want to talk to me anymore. Because um, <clears throat> I, I had the idea and I said, look, I, I, I really know that this idea will work. Um, I just need someone to have faith in me. Of course, you know, these are died in the wool farmers and mostly, and they, and they, 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 they've got a tough already. So, I kind of worked my way back from the SWAT line, Franschuk, back through Stellenbosch. And then eventually I thought, oh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to go for it, for this, you know. Um, I had created a whole ad campaign for it and, and everything. And um, I decided on my way home to Hart Bay, 
Constant, I was going driving through Constantia, and I was I was pretty miserable. You know, I was like, I don't think this is going to work. It's a real pity because I was certain that that idea, you know, that logo, that icon was meant to be. That was what I was meant to see. That like everything went off in my head like fireworks when I saw it. It, it was truly an amazing experience. I, I was really moved, and I decided as I drove up towards Hard Bay up Constantia Neck. I drove past the sign that said Baton for Vakting left. And and I went, wow, I've never been to Baton for Vakting. And actually, that's the closest winery. And I've just traveled hundreds of miles. <laughs> um, it's actually the closest winery to my house. I may as well just go there and, and, and order a glass of wine and drown my sorrows. And I walked in and I ordered a glass of wine at the tasting room. And then I went to the loo. But at the winery, I asked, who's the owner here? And they said, no, it's a young man by the name of Lars Mark. I said, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to go to the loo. And um, they said, oh, well, you might bump into him. He's gone to the loo as well. I said, oh, okay. And sure enough, as I came out, he was coming out. As I went in, he was coming out. And I bumped into him, literally. And I, I grabbed his arm and I said, are you Lars Mark? And he said, yeah. And, and I said, Look at this. And I, because I had no more words left, you know, I just had my iPad and I just threw, shoved the iPad under his face and said, Look at that, tell me what you think. It was a picture of the wine bottle with the logo mock up, but the way I had done it. And um, he, he stood there and he looked at him and went, Wow. In his German accent, he went, Wow, this is sexy, huh? Our Borand is boring, but this one is sexy. I like it. Where is it? So I said, it's not anywhere. I'm looking for somebody to help me make it. And uh, we had a six hour meeting right then and there, right in his, in, in his wine tasting room. And he said, oh. I will help you with And I went, I got no money. He said, that's okay, I got wine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it started, literally with, with Lars. And we are still on excellent terms. I mean, it's grown so significantly now that I had to move. Um, and he said, no, he understands because it was then eventually taking too much time on the bottling line and they were under the, you know, they were, they were they're pumping. I mean, they're selling so much wine. Mm -hmm. So I, I couldn't get gaps that long, you know, to, to bottle my wine. So it was starting to do really well. So I moved to Imbuco in, 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 um, to, to Tunis from Sale. And he's done a phenomenal job. And, and he, he is the right fit for me now because we now... So, so just uh, where are they, Patrick? Well, they are in Wellington, and, the, mm -hmm. and the, his estate uh, is called Imbuco, and he started out supplying bulk wine. That was perfect for me because I thought, if I'm really going to become a global brand, like a world-famous brand, and that's really what my focus really is. I know it sounds like a very big dream, but I want to be the most, and I will be the most recognizable wine brand because there's lots of, there's, there's millions of wine brands, mm -hmm. but none that you can go, oh, that one, but yet you'll take champagne. And you can, anyone can rattle off three or four brands that are famous. Well, if you, you, if you think really about if you think about a champagne bordel brand on, on marketing, you know, they started off with the kings um, being coronated in Rome. And um, from there, the marketers in champagne were excellent. They just built on that old heritage. They invented Dom, Dom Perio as a myth. So, yeah. Is that so? I didn't even know that it was built on the coronation of kings. Oh yeah, the, the whole, what, what happened is um, um, the city of Reims, the, the Reims Cathedral is actually the, the um, place where all the kings from um, the first uh, Frank's King Covis was coronated there and it became fashion for all the kings to be coronated. 
And then um, obviously they drank the local wine, which was champagne. So it was sanctioned by the king. And in that way, it became, um, you know, it, it created the, the, the whole idea that it's for, that it's, a, that it's a luxury brand. And, you know, the aristocracy actually embraced it. And then from there to Louis XIV, who really started, um, gave champagne a break because he gave them the permission to, the only wine in, in France to ship in bottles, not in casks, which kept the, the, the bubbles in. And then after that, um, Napoleon actually, you know, started building champagne into a worldwide brand for the for the growers there. So, so yeah, all marketing. Uh, so obviously, if it goes on a bottle, it has to have a label that becomes a brand uh, because a, br a barrel won't have a label. And the story, right? The story of Dom Perignon was in in you know was totally um, um, a myth created by Moet. It's not. The, like I don't even know. I don't even know the story. I must go and research it. I don't. Even know. <laughs> I actually did. A, I actually did a chat about that, like a solo chat about the holy history of champagne. That's why I know it now. <laughs> but anyway, so let's go back to your story. But but it just shows you if you have a good story and a great brand, you can go places. Well, the thing is, you know, Will, I, 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 I've been going now seven years. It's just mm -hmm. me now, and um, um. There's talk with the, the winery in Buko and their overseas partners because they saw the brand and they were very excited. You know, they, they're very well funded by overseas partners too. Um, you know, and I realize, you know, you, 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 one man against the world is, is a nice thing, but, but you, you sometimes you, you, you can achieve more with other people's resources and, and, and if you give some, them some of the action as well, you know. So um, for me, the, the dream is to be to expand, and, and I've never been to any overseas shows. I've not been yeah. to a single overseas wine show. The only wine show I scraped together all I could afford, and Lars said it's the cheapest wine international wine show you'll ever go to. Go to Cape Wine. Wow. Okay. So I I put all my money together and I threw it in there, and I said I hope this works, and it was a fantastic show for me. And I got my biggest client uh, there, and one of my biggest. But uh, but before then, um, the, from the from year one, I had three clients that found me online because of my marketing. Because I was just that's all I could do because I couldn't afford to get on an airplane. So your advertising background obviously is a major plus point in this in that area. Yes, and this is what I try and tell people that with with this brand, you know, with with my German client. I was creating pop-up online banners um, in German, whatever he needed. He would never, my clients don't need to go to an advertising agency at all. They've got one in a box and that's me, you know, yeah. and I create everything they need. They just now, they have a secret toolbox and I give them a password once they become a client. <clears throat> and that password enables them to download high-res artwork of all the, 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 the artwork, but also um, the ad campaigns, Wow. Rep folders, rep clothing. So you write um, the advertising that, copy and everything for them in their toolbox? Everything. And all the copy on the back of the wine I've written um, and anything they need, um, press releases, I'll write for them. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, it's very much a brand. And that's why I so realized you know, I don't need a wine farm. I just need, I just need constant uh, supply with a good, strong relationship with the winemaker and wine farm. So, you know, as we know in any business, you know, the guy that controls the buyer is actually the guy that's going to, you know, build his brand. But I'm just interested, your, your name, the Fishwives Club, where did that come from? 
that actually was um, that's one of the things that caught my attention. The girls, the girls named it that, and I said, "Why did you name it the Fishwives Club?" And she said, "They said both said, well because it's such a, it's not something you associate with wine, you know. And and anyway, the one sister loved fish. She likes fish, so so she'd always draw fish, and then she happened to put a lady on the fish. So and so much, mm -hmm. yeah." So my thoughts was when you said the fishwives club is this is a bunch of men who goes fishing and the wives stay at home drinking. <laughs> you know, it absolutely could be that. In fact, my Zimbabwean importers, a lot of them said, well, hey, you know, we have a lot of wives that um, their, their husbands go fishing all weekend and they're left alone and they drink wine. And that's one of the reasons why it was such a hit in Zimbabwe too. You know, it's like, um, that you know, you can read so much into it. It's very nice, uncouth name with a very beautiful label. So you've got you've got a sort of um, uh, a juxtaposition going on there. So um, th I'm interested in this marketing toolbox. This is such a great idea, um, and um, I know it's your secret sauce. So you probably don't want to tell us uh, much uh, about it but what what else i mean what else do you provide to distributors besides copy and you know um images and you provide them with with all kinds of social media posts like videos and stuff like that as well or are you not there yet yeah no no i've got a full i mean i got a very good compliment from from two american um distributors um and they both said to me patrick we import a lot of wine especially from italy and nearly 99 percent of these producers we've got to school them in how to redress their brand in mm. social media, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, you name it, and Facebook and all that. You're the, 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 one of the few brands we've ever come across that doesn't need any changes. <laughs> that we, we would take it as is. Well, and that's, that's interesting because that's, that's a big thing in the American market. A lot of our, our, our guys have rebranded their, their wines for that market. They're also because the Americans, I mean, so Lars also had to take, had to rebrand uh, Baton Blanc to Baton, B, and then re and spell it differently, B-A-Y-T-E-N, so that they could mm. say it easily. Um, and I said, look, my name, a lot of wine lists don't have pictures at restaurants. They don't have pictures, they just got the name. So the name itself has got to be interesting so that it stands out on the page. My brand is interesting, it stands out on the shelf. Um, but on the wine list, there's no picture. So the name, I'm lucky enough to have an odd name. It's like Fat Bastard. It's also an odd name. You'd, you'd buy, you'd, you'd order it just, just because you're curious. Another great marketing story in that um, region is uh, Fairview with uh, Goats to Rome. Yeah, what, what is the story there? Did they have success in America with, with their Fairview? Mm -hmm. did, did they have, what success did they have in America? So, so no, they've had success worldwide with Goats to Rome. They actually could, uh, took the French name and then they created this, this South African brand and there was actually a court case. And um, I don't know the whole story, but then they managed to, to get the name registered, Goats to Rome. And um, yeah, they're selling it worldwide. Well, it's amazing. You've got to be very careful. I've had to register my brand in China. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm basically trying to register in, German, in, in Europe now. It's just that my German importer registered my brand without me knowing it. Oh. And, and registered it as his. And he says, no, but I need, uh, you know, I need uh, surety that you're not going to go anywhere else. I said, but you can't hold a gun to my head. If you deliver the sales, I won't be going anywhere else, you know. And so now I've got to fight 
to get my brand back in Germany because he's basically used all my artwork and everything. I can prove that he ordered the wine, which, which I've got the ship's manifest and the order, the beer, before he registered. And my brand was registered in South Africa a year before he registered it in Germany. So I've been in touch with, with, the, with, the, with the registrar of trademarks in Germany, but they don't want to help. They said, well, you must go to court. I said, yeah, but the German, I'm telling you, the Germans used my artwork that I've paid for, that I own, to register this brand as his, and it's not his. And so it's, it's, it's an ongoing battle at the moment. Yeah, it's going to be a hard battle, unfortunately. So, so yeah, the, the, the whole story about, you know, with, what, with the guy from Fairy did was very interesting. He actually got um, flack from the French because he, you know, uh, uh, he's, 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 he's goats de Rome. He's a, he's a derivative of their name. So what he did is when he went to the French embassy, put all his goats in a bucket and drove to the French embassy and said, he will have to get rid of these goats or some, some story like that. And eventually he managed to convince them to allow him to, <laughs> to use the brand. Actually, that is something that I'm, I'm considering now. Well, I'm sending official snail mail um, notification to the Registrar of Trademarks in Germany. You can always send him, a fish, send him a fish in the mail. That will, that will well, after that. a buckyload of old snook. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I go to, I go to the, the, the German embassy and say, listen, I'm going to dump this on your lawn. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go to, I want to go to the German embassy and make it sort of a, and then the so, South African consulate and make it an issue here. Patrick, um, where um, in uh, your international sales, in which countries are you selling? Tell us a bit more. I'm, I'm in about 10 countries now. Um, we, we, we have, uh, I started with the Netherlands. She found me on Pinterest. And how's this? Well, most of the clients that, that I've got are women. Awesome. Most. That have come, like, um, I've got, I'm waiting on Russia. It's a very big opportunity in Russia. Uh, mm -hmm. She's uh, head of a very big, uh, their biggest um, grocery chain. Um, but I'll start with the, it was first the Netherlands, then Germany, and then um, after Germany, it was Br uh, Belgium, and then uh, Zimbabwe came on board, and then Namibia, and then um, Norway now. Um, we've also now just recently then we got, uh, we're waiting to, to make inroads in um, Finland, but we have a client that is a, you know, top, one of the top importers there. Uh, we have just, the good news is we just received our first order by the LCBO in Canada. So we're going into Canada uh, with our Sauvignon Blanc um, in all the LCBO stores in Canada. Um, and, 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 you know, um, and then there is China. Um, just recently, China, which is from last year, from the from um, my um, wineries in Bucco's partner in China, saw the brand and has been badgering Tiendus uh, and Tiendus to the winemaker. Listen, I would like this brand in China. He said, "Well, it's not mine. It's Patrick's. You better ask him." And so eventually, we we said, "Sure, let's do this in in, in China." Um, and then um, we were waiting on Denmark, but Denmark suddenly something happened there and nothing came through. So those are the and I'm waiting on, on um, uh, Russia seems to be a, a real hot opportunity. I'm just waiting for that. But um, yeah, so those are the countries at, at the moment. And um, obviously um, Luxembourg uh, as well. But we, 
I'm looking to start a an import business in in in, in Florida. I've just taken come back from from Florida in December, sorry in January with the family, and I was just checking out Florida, South Carolina, and um, Georgia. So you're going to set up your own com your own distribution company in the states or import? No, companies. I don't want to. Do, no, I'm just going to be an importer um, and, and then make uh, because I want to make the margin as an importer. Yeah. Um, it also gives me an opportunity to get uh, residency in America for the family, yeah. um, having a business there. So that's the that's the double edged sword that I'm looking at. So are um, you going to if if you have residency, are you going to actually going to move to Florida? Is that your plan? Look. You, it's very hard to leave Cape Town. I mean, this country, this, in South Africa, this country, you can't beat. Really, I, I drove through three states. Okay, I didn't see the heart of America, but I drove through three states with a family in an RV in December. And um, it was stunning. It was a great, great, it was lovely. What an incredible country. Um, but you can't find all the beauty in one place that you can here. So my sense is I'd like them to have the opportunity to move there if the kids decide to. Okay. Um, so that the door is open. I, I might move there periodically, you know what I mean? So, so temp, you know, half there, half here. But um, the, 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 it's, it's, it's a buyer's market in, in America. I mean, America, it's consumer heaven. And they're not scared to buy, to, 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 to buy and, and spend money. And anybody can make it in America. And, and in South Africa, if you think about this, Will, I've been saying, and I looked at the market and I said to my friends, look, out of, we're the, like not even 10% of the population. Most white businesses who start don't actually make products for the black market. They should, but they don't. Um, if I was serious about being a businessman, I would be making products for the black market. But most of us are in the white market zone. And once you whittle down the competition to the people that can afford our products, we probably down to about 4%. And we're all fighting over a 4% market. And in America, you're looking at 65% at minimum. You've got to go yeah, to the expense. I mean, if you can convert all the beer drinkers into wine drinkers, you might. I tell you, and well, I don't need to, you see, because I just want to get their girlfriends. <laughs> you're right. So you're, you're the wife seat. The wife seat. That's it. I, I, you know, like I'll go to beer fests so I can provide wine for the ladies. Just a quick interruption. But I do need to remind you that we are currently in a very difficult time. The South African government has set up a fund where businesses and individuals can donate to support our country through this crisis. Go to the website now and add your small donation. www.solidarityfund.co.za Please join us all in the fight against COVID-19. That is at www solidaritifund.co.za Now, let's get on with the show. So, Patrick, um, your brand accessories, you know, I see, yes. I mean, you've really gone into this marketing thing. So, what, do you, what are the accessories that you provide? The ones that are most popular are the t-shirts and vests, and they look really amazing. The colors are so vibrant, but the icon itself, the lady riding a fish, it's got an amazing um, Allure. I don't know what it is. Everyone agrees with me. Um, and I, did, I wanted to get to the bottom of why, why did I connect so quickly to the, the lady on the fish? And I blame my mom. She's Irish. But uh, there's a sort <laughs> of a psychic, a psychic ability 
that runs through our family in one way or another. And I seem to have picked it up and then get ridiculed for it because, you know, I'll read your card, tarot cards for you, no problem. And, um, and, and I'm sort of insensitive to energy and sensitive to things that, you know, you can't see. And I decided I'd, I'd do a deep meditation to find out why the lady on the fish is, the, is such a powerful brand. And once I came out of the meditation, I wrote everything down and I shortened it quickly and, I, and, I, and I'll read it to you quickly what, what, what came. And I was actually very surprised at, at, at what came, came through. So I'm just going to read it to you. This is in my brochure that, that, I've, um, that I've created. <coughs> and it just says, what does it all mean? The fish depicts the recently passed male-dominated controlling age of Pisces which lasted approximately 2,156 years. I mean, you must understand that this stuff sort of came through a meditation mostly. The lady straddling the fish represents the current liberating female age of Aquarius, the significant rising of the divine feminine, which is an energy that's coming to the planet right now. She is the resurgent dominant power of women on the planet, and that's what she symbolizes. The Fishwives Club Boutique Winery's unique mark honors the new dispensation of women on top. So what you're seeing is women representing the age of Aquarius. She's on top. The age of Pisces is, go, is, is, is on its way out. And so she is dominating the age of Pisces, but not in an aggressive way that, let's say, Pisces would have done. Pisces was a very male-dominated era. Lots of war, lots of persecution of women. What you're going to see now is you're going to see lots of women taking top positions, presidents, CEOs, you name it. Women will be taking over and men will have to take a back seat, which is what's happening. And, um, and this is what uh, ha has captured the divine, magical, feminine energy. And it's time came at the right time because it is the, the rise of the divine energy. And it's not just for women. Men have a feminine energy in them and women have a masculine energy. We both have both. We have both. Mm -hmm. So that sort of in a nutshell actually explained to me why it was so positive and it actually is deeply symbolic. So you've got the age of Pisces in, as represented by the fish and you've got the age of Aquarius represented by the woman on top, straddling Pisces. Awesome. That is what an awesome story. Now, talking about energy and artwork and meaning of visuals, I see um, you also commissioned some artwork. Tell us more about yes. this. Yes. The, the artwork is all, every, every cultivar, every new cultivar that comes out, except the reds. The red wines carry the same until such days I change that. Um, but all the different brands, I've got five cultivars, and each one is a uniquely commissioned artwork that, uh, that you won't find anywhere else on the planet. And it's, it's just for that cultivar. So Chardonnay has its own lady and fish. The Pinot Pastel, Pinotage Rosé has her own lady, um, the, the Sauvignon Blanc and so on and so forth. Amazing. Patrick, um, I also, I didn't see it on your website, but I saw in your, one of your emails you talk about something about fish in a can or wine in a can. What, what is this? Yes, I sent you pictures. You get them on the, on the um, email. I saw, I saw that, yes. Um, um, and I was wondering about it. I was going to launch a pro-wine this year. It'll be my, it was going to be my first international show in seven years. That oh I've ever my word. And I was, all my clients were deeply interested in the cans, uh, particularly Norway. Norway, in fact, wants to order already. Um, the 250 more cans of, of, of premium wine. 
um, it's not cheap stuff. It's really good wine. And I always want to over deliver on the product. And um, the packaging is absolutely gorgeous, you know, and, and, and we, we were going to launch that uh, at Pro Wine, but I want to launch it anyway. Um, I think more and more wine, wine buyers are going to just be forced to go online. It suits me down to the ground because I never went offline. Well, you know, I never went to those. Well, I want to talk about that. You know, um, uh, talking now that you mentioned that the coronavirus has forced all of us to rethink our business models. And um, obviously, um, on, online is, not, is, is part and parcel of that. Do you have any other ideas? I noticed your online shop um, on your website is under renovation at the moment. Yeah, I had an online shop, but mostly, mostly people were ordering from Joburg. And... Um, it was a lot of work to make sure that they got their orders and it, it, it increased the price of wine quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I've now, so I decided not to do it because it was a lot of work and it was more just, just to satisfy people who really wanted the wine. It started growing really well. Uh, when, I, when, we, when my rep had a, had a child, she, she decided to, to go, you know, get out of the business, but she was brilliant. And we were growing locally and Joburg like a wildfire then I got a new company South African company on board a distribution company and repping company that that just were a disaster they were such a disaster that that basically I think I've lost all my local buyers um and I'm having to restart that myself so I, but but take a lot has taken me on and um so I'll be available on take a lot uh, my online shop is great but you know um I would need somebody to manage that whole thing just on its own. I think if, it's look at, if I look at your business model, you're more interested in the marketing and stuff, which is your personal, um, you know, expertise. So it, it sounds to me like like um, um, outsourcing the, the online shop or the distribution is, you know, like you've done with your international sales, is probably the way that will work for you in your, in your setup. It's a, it's a very good idea, um, Will, and I think I'll look at that. It's, you know, also, it's very strange. You know, I've been basically it's almost shunned except from spa like shunned at a local level the big retailers don't want to even see me and then they've launched i know the guys ben ren and the, and the crowd the two other brands i know them um they were picked by by, by pick and pay to launch pick and pay canned wine range mm -hmm. and all their designs look very similar they all look like kind of abstract and crazy you know um so they actually when they're all put together they all look the same i don't know if you saw it in linkedin when um, Michelle posted, Michelle's the wine bar pick and play when she posted it. Um, but I'll tell you a quick story about what happened in my year two. In year two, I approached pick and pay with my rep and, and I gave them a kit with the t-shirts and the wine bottles and the pamphlet and everything. And I said, please stock my wines. I'm, I know that the ladies of pick and pay will love to buy this wine. And they said, oh, well, you know, it's really difficult to get into pick and pay and you know, can you produce the volumes and all that stuff? Then they said, I'll tell you what, why don't you go to our wine show uh, we have every year at the, at the Oyster Festival because we are a major sponsor. So I said, well, I, it says that only pe people who sell at Pick and Pay can go to the wine show. And they said, no, we'll give you a special, special pass. You can show your wines. And if you do well, if you sell well, then we'll stock you, you know. So you can test it there. So I spent a lot of money, got my reps, piled them in my bucky full of wine, that is as much wine as I could carry without breaking the tires, put them up in a Airbnbs and I drove up there and spent three days 
at their wine show with, and I hired some promoter girls with the t-shirts, a local promotion company, a lovely little promotion company in, in George, run by a woman. And she got her girls dressed in my gear and they went around with bottles of wine for the three days of the wine show and, and while we poured the wines. And we were the only brand, we did very, very well. We sold a lot of wine and we, the, and we were up against the famous brands, like the famous brands that you'll get at Pick and Pay, like the big names, the Norton Corp and all those guys, and Creation and all them, they were there. And at the end of the show, um, we, we, got our na- we, got our, we were the only wine brand to have our pictures taken and put in the, in the Nisner Herald paper, newspaper. Um, no other wine brand made it in there, just us with a picture and write up and everything, a little sort of caption. And then the organizer of the event, the wine event came up to me at the end of the show and he says, you know, congratulations, you know, you're, you're a newcomer, you're a nobody, no one knows who you are, you know, where you've come from, but you've, you've, you've attained the fourth highest sales of the show. So I went, wow, that's amazing. He says, yeah, for, for a newcomer that is, I mean, you're up against the top names here, you know, and people in you know, this area, they know there was. So I was very excited. I thought, great, this has got to be, you know, this has got to be me in the pick and pay, you know. And so I'd write and I'd give her a report and said, we're so glad to, to tell you that we did this. We were the only people. Here's our picture in the newspaper. We're the biggest, fourth biggest wine sales at your show. We really knocked it out of the park. And then she just said, no, we're taking wines off our shelves. Thank you for taking part. Maybe um, we'll consider you next year. And I've been asking them every year and nobody wants to talk to me. It's like I smell. <laughs> well, that's, overseas, that's maybe not a bad in, thing. But if you go to the Netherlands and you go to Belgium, I'm, like a, I'm famous there. I'm a cult brand. Amazing. Do you know that... that, that in Belgium, there's a place called the Fleers Halle. You can see them on Instagram. It's a food, big food hall. They, I've sold so much wine there every, every week that they decided to dedicate them every Sunday called the Fish Wines Club Sunday because they're wow. selling over 480 bottles of wine an afternoon, a Sunday afternoon of the Fish Wines Club. Oh, well, that's amazing. But my club, but nobody here in South Africa wants to even look at me. So oh, I, suppose, I, I suppose, you know, things can always change, especially now with what's happening in the market. I think, you know, branding is going to be so much uh, more important. And um, I would love to talk to you a bit more after the show about a few ideas I have. Um, but let's, let's, um, I've got two more questions for you. The first one is, um, what is the most important thing that you learned from your wine journey? Um, let me think about this for a moment. It, it, you know what? It's kind of summed up in, in my quote that I emailed you. Um, I, I wanted to try and encapsulate in my mind what, um, you know, if, if you looked at the odds, right? If you, if you really were smart uh, and looked at the wine industry, you wouldn't get into it. You wouldn't launch a brand. Thank God I didn't look at that. Thank God I stayed naive and... and um, ignorant if you want to call it that i purposely did not want to like be, do some sommeliers course and then become some know-it-all about wine i wanted to stay true to my customer and my customer is miss 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 and ms jones um 
and also my brand appeals to the millennials too. It's not all dusty and some 10 generations of Fantonda, you know, who's had, you know, 200 year old vines and all sorts of other stories. Um, <clears throat> not that there's anything wrong with it. That's the art of winemaking. But you know what, at the end of the day, when you're drinking wine, you're not really thinking about the art of winemaking. Um, you're thinking about the art of, of enjoying yourself with good friends and having a great time. And you want to enjoy a very good classy glass of wine. And what came to me was that quote, and I put it together in words, and then eventually now that's kind of what I want to actually put on my, on my stuff, um, on my website. And that is, you know, when you, when you don't know what's possible, then anything becomes possible. And, you know, that's, if that's, you an realize, that's an awesome quote, I must say. Thank you. And, and if you, and then, cause I, I ask people like, well, well, what do you sell a year? And they go, well, you'll be, you, you're doing very well if you're selling X amount of bottles a year. I don't want to hear what, you, what is very well, because if I tell you what I want to be selling a month, then <laughs> I'll have people rolling in the aisles, particularly the seasoned, you know, winemakers, they just laugh at me. But it's important. I've seen it. I've seen it happen in my industry in 30 years of, of watching brands grow. Don't take on other people's limitations in their, their, their view of limits. Um, if you don't know what the limit is, if you just go in and you believe in something, you can create miracles. I totally agree with you. So Patrick, on that note, can you give us your very own, I mean, you've given us your philosophy, yeah, so which is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that and quote that. Um, Use your quote in, in, in the blog post you're going to write about the, the Fishwives Club, if you don't mind. But oh, um, please do. Uh, also give us your, your very own wine quote or your favorite wine quote. My favorite wine quote? If you have one. Um, Otherwise, invent one quickly. I can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invent one. A fa favorite wine quote. Um, My, I, I, you know what I, I want to say is don't listen to the wine experts. You are the wine expert. That's because awesome. you're the one bringing it. The experts, that's their, that's their palate. That's their tongue. You don't want, you want what, what is important to you. So don't, you know, don't listen to the wine experts. You are the wine expert. You're the one buying it. You know what I mean? Your money is just as good as anyone else's. And, and, and that's why... You know, I don't think anyone should be snobby, snobbish about wine. And I would have like, oh, I didn't tell you where I started. Um, I started, you know, delivering every single bottle myself in my little bucky. I had a little, like a little Chevy bucky and eventually couldn't carry the wine because it was too dangerous. You know, you couldn't use the brakes. If you put a pallet of wine on the thing, just cried. So I had to get a bigger bucky to carry it. So that, that I took as a sign of progress, even though I was going into debt again. Um, and I, I delivered, if you could find my wine in a restaurant or in a bottle store, it's because I personally delivered that myself and wow. went into the back and signed off on the papers and I did everything myself, my little bucky and became a nuisance. And I would have people stopping me in the street, asking me with, with my embroidered shirt, where did you get that shirt? It's so beautiful. And um, no, literally, that's what people would do. They'd stop me uh, uh, and ask me about that. And then um, you... At the end of the day, I decided I needed to find out what people truly thought of my wine. So I started a, I went to the Stellenbosch Slow Market and got a little stand there. And 
there were other guys with wines, and I met him. I became very good friends with a young man, winemaker called Ryan Winders. He's making his own wine. Uh, the best Pinotage, um, I've I, the best, sorry, the best Shiraz I've ever had. He's an incredible young winemaker. So we became friends instantly. But I, I sold there every Sunday and listened to what people thought of my wine. And I'll never forget who came over. I didn't know who she was. She had an American accent. And it was her two sons that tried my wines, then came, went back and grabbed their mom and brought her over. And boy, did she give me a drilling. She was like, what is this? Second barrel, third barrel, what is this? What fill is this? What is that next thing? All these you know, technical questions. I said, ma'am, to be honest, um, you, know, you clearly know far more about wine than I do. I'm a bit of a philistine when it comes to wine. It's my new brand. I created it. I leave the, 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 expert, leave the winemaking to the experts. It sounds like you know what, you do, what you're talking about. Are you in the wine business? She goes, uh, yes, I am. And at this price, you're crazy. You, that means you'll be up against, you know, Iona. You'll be up against, you know, our brand, uh, this brand and that brand of this price. And I said, so what's wrong with that? Do, do you think it's worth it or not? And she wouldn't really, she'd go, mm, I don't know. But, you know, you're new. You, you need to come in lower. I said, I don't want to. Because if I come in a little bit lower, then you think I'm cheap wine. And that's not what I am. And it turns out, I mean, she was a real, she was, she, she was really <laughs> putting me on the road there. And his son's like, geez, mom, give him a break. It's a, it's a great brand. Don't you like the brand? Look at it. It's, it's like so beautiful. She goes, well, I'll give it to that. But I think the name's a bit uncouth. And her name, I found out, was, was um, she was the, um, the Can she's Canadian from Warwick uh, Estates. Uh, yeah. What would her name be? Um, from the, Warwick. Uh, Norma Ratcliffe. Norma Ratcliffe, that was her. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, these, and, and then I was surrounded by other winemakers, you know, famous people, the owner of Canoncorp, who had a wine tasting uh, for um, Red Dawn, this new, this new tannin that I've been involved in from the beginning. And I said to the, I said to the, um, Arno, the, uh, the chemist who was basically putting it together, this, this tannin, I said, the moment you can make it flavorless, you're, you're onto a winner. If you can't, it ain't going to work. Um, and eventually they made it flavorless. And now it's, it's like, you know, it's the new tannin from South Africa. It, it means you can say no added sulfur. And it's, a, it's a product by Red Dawn. By um, old um, R44, what's his name? Uh, um, R44 Market. He's um, oh, old yeah. Asia. Yeah, I've got his number on. We became good friends. He... Uh, um, the reason why I'm telling you all of this is that, um, you know, starting out not knowing anything, uh, I didn't want to become too knowledgeable. I'll, I'll leave it to the, the experts to do what they do. My winemaker is very good. Um, now, now I've had to get his, you know, he was very adamant. He said, no, wine in a can won't work. I've been trying to get my wine in a can for three years. Wow. And only this year did he finally say, okay, Patrick, let's look at this. Let's, let's maybe do it. Oh, that's so awesome. That's where we are. Okay. Tell our listeners, um, you know, how did they get hold of you? How did they get hold of your wine? Um, where did they find you if they're looking for you? We're, um, like I said, local market. I'm having to completely start over again with the local market um, to get back into uh, into the mainstream. You'll be able to get my wine on, on Take Lot. At, at many spas, I'm, I'm in Cape Town, I'm, I'm around at spas. 
you ask the manager, they'll order it. You can order it from um, uh, uh, um, Norman Goodfellows. But they can, can hold me through my website because you obviously can email me from my website and all the social media, Instagram, you know, follow me on all those things and, and Facebook and, and I'll keep you abreast of all the new things that are happening. We also do all our own ads and you'll, I don't know if you saw any of these ads, um, you'll see them on, on my website. Patrick, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'd love to talk to you again in future. Thank you so much. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Thanks again for supporting About the Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on our social media channels. All details and links are in the description. Yeah.